Well, Jesus begins this beatitude. He gives us his next one. And here's what it is, everybody. You ready? Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Someone say merciful. Someone say, oh, mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. Jesus says that you and I, this next value he gives us, that we are to be people who value mercy, that we dispense mercy, that when people get around you, the difference in you is that you got some mercy flowing from you, that you're a merciful person. So if we're going to be these merciful people, we better get a good understanding about what mercy, what mercy is. Now, like I said, you might not like this, but it's Bible. If you're frustrated, it's not with me. You take it to God's word. All right, everybody, just a warning up front. Here's mercy. As best as we can get ourselves a definition. Mercy is showing kindness or goodness to people regardless of what they deserve. I knew you weren't going to like it. We got a lot of people that deserve. They deserve judgment. They deserve your comment on instant. Am I talking to anybody? They deserve, they deserve harsh treatment. They deserve to be put in their place. They deserve, they deserve. Fill in the blank. God says, okay, okay, but listen, you've been called to be a people of mercy who don't go around simply giving people what it is you think they deserve. Everyone's still with me? It means that you refrain from enforcing something that is due to an enemy or an offender. It's not giving them what they deserve. This is letting people off the hook. This is letting it slide. It's not holding it against them. And it's such an important principle in our world today. It's such an important principle for the church to learn to embrace, learn to live. He says, you are to be dispensers of mercy. And when you look at the landscape that we're living in right now, we live in a landscape of the merciless. We live in a landscape right now where people are ready to call you out, cancel you. People are ready to, to be harsh, tell you how it is, hold it in your face, you know, to, to take you down, hold you down. People, it just feels like, it just feels like they're getting ready to, to pounce on you. Watching, waiting, go ahead, mess up. And I tell you, walking through 2020 as a, as a leader of anything, people just became so, like, you could do nothing right, you know? If you say something, you're wrong. If you don't say something, you're still wrong. Um, if you meet, you're wrong. If you don't meet, you're wrong. Um, if you, and it's not just like, oh, you know, we'll figure it out. It's like, I can't believe, it's like just this, there's this, this fuel and this anger, like just merciless. And, and that's the society that, that we, we're in right now. Like no one's letting anyone off the hook. We're ready to condemn and judge. There's a, there's a to harass even, to, to call you out, right? Like everyone's hiding behind Instagram comments and, you know, Google and reviews and, and Yelp reviews. And everyone's just out there. Tatum follows on, on Instagram. Um, Tatum, remind me of her name. Candace Cameron Bray. Okay, so this is, if I'm right, it's Kurt Cameron's sister. Okay, and follows her on Instagram. And the other day, Tatum came in 
uh, and shows me this, this post that she made of, of her and her family at a, her, her girl and her two boys, her husband and at a, at a wedding and she wore red. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that you're not supposed to wear red and I didn't know that this is a thing. And, and obviously she didn't really know or care or whatever and shows up. And you guys, there are thousands of comments, thousands of comments of people putting, putting her on blast. People, I cannot believe. And by the way, are you wearing sandals? And oh my gosh, are your kids getting a little chubby? And I'm not kidding you, just on and on and on and on. And she finally gets on and goes, guys, I'm just trying to show you a picture of my family going to a wedding. I don't need this. It's just crazy. And we're living in it. Do you feel it? Just that society that's so, so bent out, of, so judgmental, so harsh, so merciless. And, and God shows up and goes, hey, church, you're different. So there's a tendency right now, there's a danger right now, that as we watch the world trend toward merciless, we feel like the way that we need to correct merciless is by being merciless. That we're going we're gonna to take all these people who are trying to put everybody in their place and have this attitude and canceling everything. And so we respond by going, well, then I'm going to cancel you for canceling everybody. And I'm going to call you out for calling everybody else out. And I'm going to be merciless to you because you're so merciless. Do you really think that that's what's going to bring healing to our world? No, God says, hey, church. Hey, you guys. Don't forget you're different. You're to operate in a, with a whole different set of values that, 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 that look nothing like what's happening around you. Like God's going, if there's ever going to be healing brought to this nation, it's going to be through people who are not giving the nation more of what it already has. They need something different. They need the church to rise up. An example, mercy, mercy. Man, we are just the people, we're just going to love on you. Oh, you're messing up. I'm just going to love on you. Just mercy flowing from the church. And you guys, it, it breaks my heart that a lot of people who do not yet know Jesus see the church as a, as a house of judgment. Oh, I'm going to get, I don't go to church. Well, I'm, you know, you know, people like me. What do you mean people like you? Oh, you know my issues and you know my stuff and my addiction and my, my sexual preference and my this. And the church just doesn't, doesn't doesn't care for people like me, judges people like me. Jesus says, you got all wrong, church. We, we got a branding problem because the church is for people like you. The church is for the hurting. It is for the broken. It is for the lost. It is for the confused. It is, it is for those that are, that are wandering down dead end roads, circling around, you know, cul-de-sacs of, of, of insanity trying to find. God says, this is this is." That's who I came for. And sometimes the church, we're, we're so busy trying to, trying to blast the very people that Jesus came to save. You know, are we okay, church? Can I talk to you? I just, I'm not coming, please hear me, I'm not coming to stuff with pride. Like, I, I got this all figured out. I'm not, I don't, I'm not telling you I have it all figured out. I'm just telling you, I, I'm with you on a journey of trying to figure this out. Can you, can you join me on the journey? Amen, like just, like, let's let God talk to us about this thing, thing called mercy. Jesus says it might be happening culture all around you, but not in my house. My house is not a house of judgment. 
My house is to be called a house of mercy. When he said, blessed are the merciful, he's saying, he's saying you need to go do mercy. Like, go, go practice mercy. Go extend mercy. In other words, don't, get, don't give people what it is you think they deserve. Give them mercy. You know, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8 says this. It says, love, it says, above all, love each other deeply. Like, what, what's to be happening in the church? They will know you are my disciples by the way that you convince the world how wrong they are. <laughs> That's not what he says. He says, they will know you are my disciples by what? By your love for one another is what scripture says. So now he says, he's explaining this to us. And he says, now, now listen, above all, I need you to, listen church, here's your job. You ready? You're, okay, I'm ready. Who do I blast? Who do I put in their place? How do you want me to say it, God? He goes, okay, here's what you do. Ready? Love each other deeply. Oh, right? Okay. Now watch what he says. Show it to him. Because love does what? Covers a multitude of sins. Can I just tell you right now, you live in a world that's going to offend you in so many ways. There's going to be all sorts of offense. That's what sin is, just offense. All sorts of, you're offended by that. I'm offended by that. I can't believe they believe it. I I'm offended by the way they did I'm offended. Got, offense is going to be everywhere. Let me just warn you of it. Don't be surprised when some of you act like, I can't believe. What do you mean you can't believe? Like, we live in a fallen planet. There's brokenness all around. People are going to be walking around doing offensive things. Sometimes it's going to lash out and offend you and hurt you. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to la lash out and affect your life. And, and God says, here's how you respond when it does. You love. And what does love do? It covers a multitude of offense. It just, it just covers it. it. It doesn't steer it up. It, it doesn't make bigger issue of it. It doesn't pour fuel on it. Am I talking to anybody? It just it says it covers a, a multitude of, of sins. Proverbs 10 12 says this, hatred steers up conflict, but love does what? Covers all wrong. Amen? Boy, it's quiet in here, church. You love me? You okay? What is love going to do? It doesn't steer it up. Some of you, not you. It's always easier to talk about other people because it's not you. You know some people who are pot steers, right? They're just going to get in and steer it up. Steering it up at work, steering it up at home, steering it up at the school, steering it up, steering it up online. We're just, just pot steers. And, and there are people walking around thinking they're doing God's work with their little, with their little you know, pot steering spoons, putting them everywhere. Oh, you know, and this, just going to tell you what God thinks, going to tell you how you said. And we just pot. God says, put down your little wooden spoon. <laughs> right? Don't steer the pot. Love. And what love does, it covers a multitude of offense. Oh, that's good. I don't, I don't hear a bunch of amens, but that's. So if, if I could help you out even more, here's what it means in the, in the Hebrew, okay? In Proverbs there where it says love, love doesn't steer up the offense. It, what it means there is, is that it overwhelms offense, right? It, it, it wins out. That love overpowers the offense. Love, 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 it doesn't, it's not that it doesn't look at it. It's just that it overlooks it. It, it covers it. It, it, it overpowers it. Oh, that offense is huge, but my love is even bigger. Does that make sense? See, the Bible says this in James. It says that, that mercy does something, watch. It triumphs over what? Judgment. If judgment and mercy got in a fight, Mercy is going to win. 
It triumphs over judgment. It, it, it needs, it's, the, it's the dominant force in a conversation. Come on, is anyone with me today? And so he's saying this needs to be us. This is the church, friends. The world right now is caught up in labeling and dividing and putting everyone uh, against someone. We're, we're, we're putting you in that category and because you're in that category, category I'm going to treat you this way and you're over here because you believe that and you're on what side? Vax, no vax, Democratic, Republican, right? Let them, and let them, meet, don't meet, I, and we just got all these categories and everybody's offended and everybody. And God says, stop it, church. Come on. You don't play along. Man, change the story. That's what you're here for. Say, hey, don't let Fox News and CNN tell you how you're supposed to view and treat people. It's God's word that does. And his word says you're to be merciful. Someone say Mercy. Someone say, have some mercy. Have some mercy. Have some mercy. Oh, but Chris. And I know you got a whole bunch of yeah buts already. Right? Yeah, but. Yeah, but. Yeah, but. You got yeah buts. We're going to get to your yeah buts in a second. I got a couple of yeah buts we're going we're gonna to talk about together. But before we get to your yeah buts, I just want to ask you to, to because sometimes people come up with an objection up front and they don't listen to the rest of the message. Put that, I we will address your yeah, but just let God's word talk to you for a second. Because I got a couple things you need to consider before you go out and you, you know, join the world in their mercilessness. There's some things you need to consider. And the first thing you need to consider, write this down. Before you go out and, and, and judge somebody and do your harsh. Or like, first thing you need to consider is you need to consider God's mercy toward you. We serve a merciful God, amen? God does not give you what you deserve, amen? Some people are like, God, give me what I deserve. That's not going to work out too good for you. Like, it's not, it's not going to work out good for you. God is a merciful God. He does not give you what you deserve. I deserve judgment. I deserve to never be forgiven. I just, but God gives me mercy. God gives me forgiveness. God gives me cleansing. God gives me healing. God, everything that I have has been brought to me on, on the backs of, of mercy that he brings to me. I, I have a merciful God. And I need you to understand this, that everything in your life, everything in your life has been brought to you. Everything you're enjoying right now is given to you on the basis of the fact that God is merciful. The fact that you got breath in your lungs today is because you've got a merciful God today. The fact that you're sitting in church today and we're meeting free today is because you've got a merciful God today. You got friends today, you got a merciful, you saw a sunset today, you got a merciful God. You see, mercy is not just that God's not God did everything he can to not let you go to hell. That's not just, it's, it's that God just, it's, holds it all together in his mercy. I don't deserve any of this. Listen to what Psalm 103 verse 10 says. It says, he does not treat us according to how our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. That's our God. God doesn't do that to us. He, he's merciful to us. Show me Psalm 119 verse 64. It says, the earth, O Lord, is full of your mercy. 
Where's his mercy? It's everywhere. It's on everything, right? Watch what it says in Psalm 145, verse 9. The Lord is good to all, and his mercies are over all his works, is what it says. And so in other words, when you go out, his mercy is just everywhere, right? Amen? Amen? Can we just thank God for his mercy today, that he holds us, that he, he, he's better to us than we could ever deserve? I mean, I'm grateful for God's mercy. Now let me show you that verse in, in Psalm 103. In, in Psalm 103, if you read the whole chapter, we find that his mercy is tied to all these things in our life, his guidance, his provision, his, his, his care for us. It's all brought to us on the basis of mercy. Like, in other words, if God wasn't merciful to you, you wouldn't have guidance. If God wasn't merciful to you, you wouldn't have forgiveness. You wouldn't have healing. You wouldn't have cleansing. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have anything you have right now. But because God is merciful, you have it all right now. And all that God has been, brings to you and tells us in Psalm 103, verse 10, if you could bring it up. Psalm 103. It's all brought to you on the fact that he does not treat us, watch, not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. God does not respond to you or treat you or put you on blast in accordance to your guilt. Like you're guilty. But God doesn't treat you according to your guilt. Do you agree with me? He's a merciful God. But now watch this. Who are we to after having experienced the goodness and the mercy of God, after having a God who does not treat me according to my guilt, who am I to then walk out of the presence of God and go treat someone else according to their guilt? To be merciless. After I've received so much mercy, how dare I go out and not extend that same mercy? Like, if God is not doing that to me, who am I to go do that to others? And so God says, church, see, sometimes we're not merciful because I think we forget. Like, you're bathed in mercy, friend. And you just need to let that overflow from your life into the into the lives of others. If you're having a hard time being merciful, you're like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Stop. Consider his mercy toward you. For just for a second. It'll start, to, it'll start to change you. It'll start to move some stuff around inside of you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says this. Be kind and, what, tenderhearted to one another. Forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. He says, you know how you're supposed to treat people? Be kind. Christian, be kind. Tenderhearted. What does that mean? That your heart is tender. That, that when you're talking to somebody, you don't have this judgmental, big old attitude. I'm going to come. It's tenderhearted. You're like, oh, come here. Are you okay? Let me help you, right? Just, just tender with people. Careful. It's a good word. Be careful with people. People are fragile. They're hurting. They're, they're dealing with, with they're, they're fighting battles that you know nothing about. And, and you, when you approach them, before you comment, before you say your thing, before you put them in their place, be, just remember, be kind, be tenderhearted. Let your heart connect. Hear their story. 
I'm telling you, you hear somebody's story. Why do you believe what you believe? Why, why are you where you are? Where did this? And I'm telling you, friends, it's, it's, it's hurting people that are often the most merciless people. And we just need to let our hearts, come on, just be kind, be tenderhearted. I just think we forget that. So consider God's mercy to, toward you before, before we go and, and be merciless people. The other thing is this, guys, uh, it, it's to consider the alternative. Now, I wish I could let God's mercy toward you be enough to help you then go and be merciful, but some of us are still struggling with that a little bit. Uh, there's this other thing you need to consider that's pretty heavy in, in Scripture that's presented to us. It doesn't get talked about a lot, but I need you to see it. I need you to know it's in your Bible. And, and it's this, is that you need to consider the alternative. Like, if you're not merciful... What then are you left with? Well, did you hear it and what Jesus said? Blessed are the merciful for, what did he say? They shall receive mercy. Now, if you flip that on its head, you flip it on in, what is Jesus saying? The opposite would then be true as well. That, hey, if you're not merciful, you won't get any mercy. Blessed are the merciful because they're going to tap into some mercy. But if you're not merciful, you're not going to experience mercy. What in the world is Jesus talking about? And he, he leads us into this principle that shows up over and over again in, your, in, in the Word of God. And I just need you to know it's there. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 through 15 says, If you forgive other people, this is right after Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, how would be your name? He says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, who uh, are indebted to us. And right after that, here's what he says. For if you forgive other people when they sit against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And that's verse 14. Love, I love to read verse 14. And we like to stop at verse 14. But just in case you don't get it, he flips it on its head. And here's what he says. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. That's in your Bible. And that's heavy. James chapter 2, verse 13 says this. There will be no mercy for those who have not shown mercy to others. But if you have been merciful, God will be merciful when, when he judges you. So scripture says there's this moment of, of, of judgment before God. And in some way that we maybe don't understand quite yet, God says that in the way that you have judged others, that judgment is going to come back on you. If you have not been merciful to others, mercy will not come back on you. But I don't know about you, friends, but that's a sobering thought. And it puts me in a place where if I'm going to be guilty of anything with people, it's going to be loving them too much than judging them too harshly. Like, I would rather err on the side of, man, I'm just going to throw a big old arm around and just love on you and be merciful to you than coming in all judgmental and harsh. Why? Because I know what my Bible says. Here's another way of, of, of saying it. Over in the book of uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, he starts in Matthew chapter 7 verse 1. He says, judge not, least you be judged. And it doesn't tell us by who are you thinking. Maybe it's judgment from God. Maybe it's judgment from others. And he kind of leaves you hanging there, right? Like, who's going to judge me? And here's what he says. For in the same way you judge, 
you will be judged. And the measure you use, it's going to be measured back to you. And so that changes things for me. Because I don't know about you, but if you really believe that, man, I tell you, before I go and put someone in their place, I'm going to think twice. Because if Scripture's saying that in the way I measure it out to others, it's going to be measured back to me, in the way that I judge others, it's going to come back to me, well, that's going to change everything for me. Because how do I want to be judged? Oh, with all the mercy and grace I could muster up. Can I tell you a story of why I am where I am and why I did where I did? And before you judge me, and would you just hear it and please, and right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to muster it all up. You know, this is in the context of Jesus talking about that you, before you remove the speck from your brother's eye, get the plank out of your own eye. So what's he saying there? He's going, all right, we know people got some specks. Everyone in the world right now got a big old, they got a speck in their eye. But you need to realize that it's a speck and you got a plank. In other words, you are not innocent of guilt yourself, friend. And before you go and judge their guilt, you need to deal with your guilt before God. And what happens is you go before God and go, God, would you, David, pray this, search my heart, try me, know me, see if there's any wicked way in me. And if you pray that, chances are you're going to have a couple little wicked ways in you, right? Like, so you're before God and God's going, there's this and there's this and have we dealt with that? And we're still growing here, Chris. We still, and all of a sudden there's this, okay, you're taking a plank out of your eye. Like, God, forgive me. And now I walk out of the presence of God and go to talk to my friend who's got a speck in their eye. And my whole demeanor's changed. Why? Because I just took a plank out of my eye. My tone has changed. I, I might be addressing the issue still. But I, there's just a different tone. I'm going to judge you a little different. I'm going to measure it out. Come on, you with me? Different. See, mercy, mercy, mercy. And so, friends, you got to consider the alternative. If we don't choose to show mercy, Scripture says, hey, be, be cautious, be, be warned. Don't, Jesus isn't, his point isn't don't ever form an opinion. Come on, don't hear me say that. His, his point isn't don't, don't ever deal with issues. His point is this. Just don't be all judgmental. Don't have that spirit, that critical attitude, that, but practice mercy. Amen? And guys, know this too, that when you choose to live all judgmental, it's going to make you miserable. So there's a, the alternative to not being, mercy, to be, not being merciful is being miserable. Some of the most miserable people on the planet are the most merciless people on the planet. Jesus tells the story in the book of Matthew of this, uh, of this, this king who forgives one of his servants of a massive debt, 10,000 denarii. It's like, it's like $5 billion, right? So no way he could ever pay it back. And the king just forgives this man his debt. And this was huge. This guy's about, he's about ready to be thrown in prison. His family was about ready to be thrown in prison. His life was going to be, be in, in, within the walls of a prison because of this debt. And he goes before this king and he begs him for mercy. Please don't give me what I deserve. I know it's my debt and I know I did this and I know I racked it up and I know, but please don't give me what I deserve. And the king being merciful forgives the man of his debt. Well, the story goes on that that man leaves that day and he goes out and he happens to run into somebody that owes him about $10,000, okay? 
And this man sees this guy coming, and he gets all bent out of shape, and he confronts him, and he demands that that $10,000 be paid back to him. The man can't pay the $10,000, begs him for mercy, and the man shows no mercy, has him thrown in prison. Well, it tells us this in Matthew 18, verses 31 on. It says, when his fellow slaves or his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved. I mean, they saw this guy just get, get released from a massive debt. And now he has the audacity to go out and not release another. Like, and so they're just going, they can't believe what happened. They're grieved. And they come and report it to the Lord, all that happened. Then summoning him, the Lord said to him, you wicked slave. I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had mercy on your fellow slaves in the same way I had mercy on you? And his Lord moved with anger, handed him over to the torturers until he should repay all that was owed to him. And I'm telling you today, there are people who have been forgiven much that are unwilling to forgive others much. There are people who have had mercy poured out on them that are not turning to extend that same mercy to others. And you, my friends, have been put in a place of torture. It's a prison for you. You either get to choose forgiveness or bitterness. And there's some of you in here today that your soul is being wrought with bitterness and it's, it's weighing on you. It's robbing you of your joy. It's smothering life. It, it's, it's a cancer inside of you. And God today, in Jesus' name, wants to set you free from bitterness. He wants to set you free from unforgiveness. He wants to set you free from mercilessness and let you become now an agent of mercy who's been set free in Jesus' name. Amen? Yeah, but. Yeah, but. What about the people who deserve this or that because this or that? And you've got somebody in your mind right now that you've been wanting to talk about this whole time. You don't know what they did. And they deserve. You need and I need to always carry the heart of mercy even when uh, justice demands some kind of punishment. So justice might come in and say, there's a, a demand of even death or a demand of some kind of punishment. Our hearts, though, in the, in the middle of that punishment or in the middle of them tasting a little bit of what their sin has caused, our hearts, though, still always need to be crying out for mercy. Let me show it to you in the heart of God. Here's what it says. Um, in in uh, Ezekiel chapter 33, Ezekiel 33, 11, it says, Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God says when, when wicked people are getting what they deserve, he says, I don't take pleasure in it. When, when, when people are facing the judgment, God isn't there going, ha ha, about time. That's not your God. God says, I take, it breaks his heart. He takes no pleasure in it. And I think there's a lot of people today just, don't know, we're riding around on high horses going, mm, about time they get what's coming to them and they deserve and they, right? Because I don't take any pleasure in the death of the wicked. It goes on to say, rather, his heart is that they would turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why do you die, O people of Israel? God's saying, my heart is just calling them home. 
hearts of friends are hard, even when people deserve this or that because this or that, it's, it's still bent on mercy, okay? Well, yeah, but, but I need to teach them a lesson. Anyone feel that way? Like if I don't put them in their place, who's going to? I need to teach them a lesson. Yeah, really? You know, somehow Christians have come to think that mistreating people is going to win people. It's going to help people. I'm going to mistreat them, and that's going to win them. They're going to want to come to Jesus because I was so harsh with them. <laughs> Guys, it never works. When someone you love steps out the, outside the lines of what is right, treating them Bad, being merciless, isn't going to win them back. Romans chapter 2 verse 4 says this, Can't you see that it's out of his kindness, that his kindness is intended to lead you from your sin? It's his kindness that leads you to repentance. Amen? It's his kindness. And he goes, you, church, need to express that kindness to lead people to repentance. Let's, let's say a, 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 a child uh, in your home does something dumb. I, I'm sure this never happens, but you got a kid that just does something like really dumb, like dumb to dumb dumb, like just dumb. And you got two different approaches from two different parents. You've got one who responds harsh. You got one who, who fires back. You got, you got one who demands and, and you got one who you're going to kick them out of the house. They're gonna you got this, 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 this infuriating, maybe even giving them what they deserve kind of attitude. And then you got the other parent who filled with mercy, chooses to not, to not not see what they're doing, but chooses to overlook, to care, to have mercy, to have grace, to love on them. Jesus came filled with both truth and grace, so we're going to talk to you about the truth. That's wrong, but I'm going to love you and give you some grace and try to help you. Cares for them. Which parent do you think is best postured to actually lead that child back into a place of healing. It's the merciful parent. It's the merciful heart. And God says we, church, are to do the same for the world around them. You're gonna, it's not, I'm gonna teach them a lesson. It's I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cradle them with mercy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna draw them in with kindness, right? Well, but, but what if they do it again? Come on, I know that you, I got somebody who keeps doing it again. What if they do it again? Peter had that same question. He's like, Lord, in Matthew 18, if we show them that, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? And he comes with a big number. Seven times? Like if they do it seven times, that's probably a lot of mercy and grace, right, God? And I've, I've did it seven times after the seventh time. It's over for you, right? And Jesus responds back and he, and he says, uh, I do not say to you seven times, but 70 times seven. And they're over there doing the math. 490 <laughs> times. See, that's the religious people. Like, how many, how many, when can I finally let them have it? It's not, it's not a matter of math. It's a matter of heart. It's a heart that says, I'm just going to forgive you. Just, just all the time, all the time, all the time. Well, what if, what if they abuse it? I'm merciful and they abuse it. So some of you, I'm, I don't want to be merciful because people are going to abuse mercy. Well, friends, as best I can say it, best I can see it, God didn't ask us to be the ones who qualify mercy or quantitate mercy. He asked us just to extend mercy. Well, what if? What if they ab abuse it? Well, friends, Jesus is mercy personified. 
Like when he walked the planet, he was merciful to everyone. And they crucified him. They might abuse it. But God's not asked me to worry about that. He's not asked me to qualify. He's not asked me. He's just asked me to extend it. And the moment you try to qualify it, it's no longer mercy. That's my job, is to be merciful. I'm not the one who gets to condemn. I'm not the one who gets to judge. I'm, not the, I'm the one who's called by God. My job on this planet as his child is to be merciful. The Bible says that, that we are to be agents of reconciliation. I'll tell you a story. Book of John chapter 8. Book of John chapter 8 as we close. We're introduced to this woman who's caught in the very act of adultery. And these religious people, it's always the religious people. These religious people, just high and mighty, got it all figured out. They grab this woman caught in the very act of adultery. They drag her through the city streets, probably, probably barely dressed, if at all, now shamed in front of everybody, parade probably following her, down to the center of town where they throw her in front of Jesus, rocks in hand, and they say, Jesus, this woman was caught. Some of us got some people today that are caught. They're doing some things wrong. We got rocks in our hand. We're ready. We're going to do the Lord's work. And they start quoting scripture to Jesus, rock in hand. And they say, Jesus, the law says that we're supposed to stone people like this. Like, she doesn't deserve to live, Jesus. It's over for her. Can you imagine, by the way, being this girl? absolutely humiliated in front of everybody wondering to yourself like what's going to happen to me the religious community is about ready to blast me and Jesus this religious leader now has my life hanging in his balance like what is he going to do Jesus, what do we do with this one? Church, what do we do with these people? <laughs> with those ones. That group, labeled over here, deserved, maybe they're caught, caught them, saw them, got a Bible verse to prove it. What, what do I do? Jesus, what do we, they're doing the same thing. What do we do? The law says to throw the rocks, Jesus. The law says to let them have it, Jesus. The law says, right, and this woman sitting. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't say a word. And it tells us this in John 8. That while they're saying these things, they're testing Jesus so that they might have grounds to accuse him. But Jesus, he just stooped down. And with his finger, starts writing on the ground. I love he changes the whole momentum. Everyone's like, come on, Jesus, let her have it. Jesus goes, he takes it all, he controls the situation. He starts writing on the ground. And we don't know what he's writing on the ground. I like to think he was writing people's names and then just putting a little hint to maybe something that they did wrong yesterday. And so we got Rick. If your name's Rick in here, I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying. And we got, you know, George over here. And he's just kind of, and then, and then, Imagine this woman, she's 
she's covering herself and she's laying there and she got her eyes closed just like wondering it's just gotten quiet all of a sudden and she's just hanging on waiting to, like, what's going to happen and Jesus stands back up they keep asking him in John 8 it goes on to say they persisted asking and he stood up and he said to them hey Chris Norman translated hey he who is without sin among you go ahead you cast the first stone Bobby He stooped back down on the ground, continued to write. And when they had heard that, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. The older guys are like, yep, I'm out of here. Young guys still sitting around. Well, you know, the Bible says, and you got the law, and the, got the, you got my rocks, and I'm going to. Beginning with the older ones, he was finally left alone with the woman where she was in the center of the court. The Bible goes on to say that Jesus lifts the eyes of this woman who was caught. And he says, dear woman, where are your accusers? And so watch this, everybody. When she closes her eyes, all these religious people are around her getting ready to stone her to death. And when she opens her eyes, Jesus has defended her from the religiosity that's all up inside of people. Jesus, he chases it off. He, he guards and he protects her. And, and he goes, hey girl, look around. I've chased all those religious bigots away. And I'm, I'm covering you. I'm, I'm absorbing it. I'm standing up for you. I'm defending you. I'm coming to your aid. Hey, I'm here for you. In the midst of you even being caught. He says, where are your accusers? She says, there's none, Lord. And he says, well, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. In other words, from this moment, you can now be changed. Because I've absorbed what it is the religious say you deserve. I have absorbed what it is the law says you deserved. So now you truly can be free. Go and live a different life. Why? Because of mercy. Because of mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And church, our world today needs mercy now more than ever. Flowing from a house of mercy that's going to love on people. Be gentle to people, kind to people, caring for people. We're going to bring some healing to people. Not because we put them in their place, but because we love them to this place. To this place. This place. What they deserve. He who is out sin. Go ahead, cast the first stone. You are where you are because of the mercy of God. Let's lead others to experience that same mercy. In Jesus' name, church, amen.